Oh, thanks, everyone. Um, this is uh, a magical day for uh, people at the Apple Store because we have with us practically the entire cast of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. And let me just take a moment to introduce them one by one. First off, Cormac McLaggen himself, Freddie Stroma. The delightfully Luna, Luna Lovegood, Ivana Lynch. The beloved Fred Weasley, James Phelps. Oliver Weasley himself. Excuse me, George Weasley himself, Oliver Phelps. The future Mrs. Harry Potter, Ginny Weasley, Bonnie Wright. The ordinarily colorfully maned Nymphadora Tonks, Natalia Tenna. The surprisingly clean shaven today, Remus Lupin, David Thulis. Wickedly charming Narcissa Malfoy, Helen McCrory. I think the only person here who's played two different characters in the Harry Potter se uh, series, both Professor Flitwick and Griphook, Warwick Davis. Words fail me to introduce Hagrid himself, Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> the producers of the Harry Potter season series, David Barron and David Heyman. And I have a surprise for everyone. These are the announced people, but we actually have an additional guest today. Sir Michael Gambon, Dumbledore himself. <laughs> so thank you all for being here today. Um, let's get started uh, actually if I could start, get started with the two Davids here, who uh, are the whole reason that we're here and the reason for this franchise at all. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the decision to split Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows into two movies? Um, I know it's, it's more excitement for all of us, uh, more of our hard-paying dollars to go into, into your pockets, but uh, um, can you tell me a little bit about that decision? Um, yeah, it was all about the dollars. No, no. <laughs> Believe it or not, that was, that had absolutely nothing to do with it. Um, when the idea was initially mooted, uh, I was very much against it, David too, because we'd never done it before. We'd talked about doing it on the fourth film, but we didn't do it, and so I thought this is a terrible, terrible idea. But as we began to break down the, the, the book into a script form, it became really clear that uh, we couldn't do it justice in one film. So much is resolved in this book. It really is the end of the series. That were we to do it as one, 
it would, it, one, it would either have been five hours long, or if we'd done it as two and a half hour film, as many of the films are, it would have made absolutely no sense at all. <laughs> so really to, to do justice to Joe's book and to bring the series to the conclusion that we wanted, we made, we made the, um, the choice to break it into two. And then having done so, um, Steve Clovis, a couple of weeks later, once we'd agreed on this, called me and said, you know, there's enough here, there's almost enough here for three. Um, <laughs> but I think that may have been pushing it a little bit far. <laughs> In fact, the, uh, the dollars uh, part of the equation was something that we uh, really put us off splitting into two to start with because uh, we felt that everyone would just shake their heads and say, oh, they couldn't resist it. One more rush to the cash register. Uh, but there was just no way of doing it in, uh, in one film, as David says. But I, I mean, listen, the truth is, is that clearly for Warner Brothers, the studio, who have been, they've been fantastic. They really have been our partners. I mean, when it came to the decision not to do 3D on part one, um, clearly it would have been in their interest to continue and do it in 3D, but when we said that we couldn't do it right, they backed us. But there's no question that if financially it made no sense to split it into two, they wouldn't have done it. Um, clearly it makes sense financially, but I promise you that was not the, the reason or the imperative for doing so. Um, so let me ask uh, Robbie as well as uh, Oliver, James, and Bonnie, you've been with the series from the beginning. How has it changed for you? How have these films changed and your approach to the material changed? Um, how's, how's what changed, Maggie Pardon? How, how has the experience of, of doing the Harry Potter films and your approach to the characters that you play changed? Um, I, I, I haven't changed at all, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still the old fart I always Thankfully. was. Thankfully. But yeah. there, uh, thank you. Um, the children have changed. Not, I mean, I'm saying children, the, the, the young people, the young adults have completely changed, of course, because they were, they were about that size when we started. They were just literally children. They were tiny wee creatures in these enormous great sets and, and had to be quite carefully looked after, really, didn't they? They didn't have to need looking after now. Because now, that, you know, they were all talking about their, their toys when we first saw them. And now they're talking about, what's she driving these days, Rob? And uh, <laughs> things that rhyme with ravioli in the car park, you know what I'm saying? Um, so they've changed enormously. But that, that was one of the great pleasures about it, and one of the ways that uh, it didn't become routine or boring over 10 years, because they changed all the time, and it was great fun. It's true, isn't it? No, but they changed, but in a way, they didn't change. I think that's been really, I, th I think, one of the things where we've been really, really lucky. I mean, all the people here, um, Dan, Rupert, Emma, um, they are... Yes, they've changed, you know. Dan was interested in Worldwide Wrestling Federation to begin with. Um, now he's interested in... Women. Girls. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, things do change. But he's still, and they're all very much the same people they were when we met. Humble, generous, and uh, really good people. Actually, for Rob, you said some of the techniques that we adopted to achieve your, um, your size, as Hagrid, yeah. have changed. We won't go into them because we don't want to give too much away, but technically it's become easier to achieve what we needed to achieve over the course of the films. Definitely. Definitely, because it, it was all these weird sort of mechanical tricks that people have been doing for years, <laughs> digging holes for people to walk down so that I look eight foot six and so forth. But now it's all, it's all your, your CGI now. It's much, much easier. James? Uh, I think they've covered it all, really. I think the, yeah, the main thing that we've noticed change is just the technology from what was state-of-the-art 10 years ago is now obsolete. So, And being such a big thing like Harry Potter, like we get the, the cream of the, 
the technology to work with, even the, the Seven Harry sequence. That was, I think that was one of the first times it had been done anywhere else. So um, to be part of that was really cool to do. Oliver, can you tell us a little bit about that scene in particular? Yeah, it took, um, I mean, I don't know how Dan was able to, to keep his, his mind really after doing it, like <laughs> portraying all of us for uh, as long as, I think it was, it, there was a lot of takes what, what took place in that, but when we were doing it, we, don't, we didn't quite understand, I certainly didn't understand how it was all going to map in together and everything, but it, was, uh, it worked really well on set, and especially when you go back to years ago when we used to have, like we used to do the Quidditch sequences and they'd do certain computer elements and you'd have like about five dots on your face and that would be the way they get it whereas now it's almost like a like a face paint almost mm. and with about I think it's 21 cameras they take different motions you have so that was all, all really exciting stuff 